you want your Bibles open to 1 Corinthians, the 13th chapter, we're in a sermon series uh, trying to learn to love God's way. And this morning we're going to read in just a moment the uh, verses 4 through the first part of verse 8. And uh, you'll need your Bibles open even though uh, I'm going to be sharing the passage that's on the screen. Uh, We'll be referencing that throughout the course of the message and we'll want you to sort of have a frame of reference. Would you bow with me for a time of prayer as we come into God's presence? Lord, we thank you for this time to worship you, to listen to you, to learn from you, to be inspired, to be moved, to be corrected. We ask you, God, this morning to speak to our hearts and open our lives to the way of love, your love, your kind of love. We pray today for uh, those who need us and need you in a special way, those who are grieving, those who are ill, those who are struggling in relationships, those who are struggling at work, those who are just dealing with so much related to illness and pain. We pray for victims of the hurricane on the East Coast, for the responders, for the emergency workers, for all of those who are now homeless trying to rebuild their lives. Would you pour out grace and mercy? For those victims of the typhoon in the Philippines, in the regions in Asia, that the same you would bless those and care for those and provide for them who are homeless and distraught and for those who are doing emergency and and rescue work. We know, Lord, that life is so uncertain and we need you so desperately. We ask that you help us, that you guide us, that you teach us. Help us to listen now to your voice. Be pleased with what we offer you in worship through these words. Through Christ we pray. Amen. And now I invite you to stand if you're able to do and do so, and I will read aloud these uh, few verses from the center section of the 13th chapter of 1 Corinthians. I'll begin in verse 4. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not envious or boastful or arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice in wrongdoing, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. A short time back, uh, we were doing our Sunday morning greeting like we do on Sunday morning, and I was up the aisle uh, shaking hands, trying to say good morning to as many people as possible. And I looked down, and there was this little guy, fairly new to our church, uh, and he was looking up at me with his arms outstretched, so I knelt down, and he gave me a great big bear hug. And uh, after I stood up, he looked up at me and said, Do I know you? (laughs) I love it. Hug first. Ask questions later. And isn't that a biblical model of unconditional love, you know, hugging? And then let's get acquainted. Let's get to know each other. And the problem is that when we get close to each other and get to know each other, we see the warts, we see the blemishes, we see the imperfections, and we tend to judge or get irritable or insist on having things our way. The Apostle Paul, in 1 Corinthians 13, deals with this whole business of relationships, and he really, really is in the, the verses I read to you just now are the most practical 
the whole, the whole chapter is beautiful, but the verses I read to you are the most practical and down-to-earth of the entire chapter. Because Paul is talking to us about what Brian McLaren calls the pressure points of relationships. The pressure points of relationships. And he lists several, and I want you to see what pressure point you're struggling with this morning. Uh, Are you struggling with loving neighbor? Struggling with loving a family member? Struggling with loving an enemy? Someone who's wronged you? Are you struggling uh, to love a stranger? It might be an immigrant, but it's someone whose skin color or dialect or beliefs or thoughts are different than yours. Are you struggling to love self? Are you struggling to love the earth, to be responsible and caring for creation? Are you struggling to love God? We all have our pressure points when it comes to relationships and learning to love. What's yours this morning? Now, Paul addresses those pressure points, those struggles with love, in a way that lets us know he understands human nature. He's got the same struggles. But in a way that also lets us know he knew the Corinthians. (laughs) He knew them well, because most of what he names, he expands on in other places in 1 Corinthians. And in four verses... Verses 4 through 7, in four verses, he uses 15 verbs to talk about love, just like Ken said. Love is a verb. It's not something pretty you look at. It's something you do. 15 verbs in four verses. And he does it very methodically. He talks about what love is, what love is not, what love does, and what love does not do. And he just launches right in and he says, love is patient and love is kind. Patience. Patience is love with self-restraint. You know, patience is not a sign of weakness. Patience is a sign of strength. Any musician will tell you that it takes more wind and energy and discipline to play or sing a note softly on pitch than it does to play or sing a note loudly because it takes the discipline to sustain it. And so it is that patience takes God's kind of love in us and through us. And by the way, here's another definition of love that I I promised that throughout the course of this series we just give uh, various definitions of biblical love. Richard B. Hayes in a commentary says love is... Uh, the action of patient, costly service to others. Isn't that a simple definition of biblical love? That's not complicated. Love is the action, that's the verb, of patient, costly service to others. Think about what Christ did for us on the cross. Think about how much God loves us and keeps forgiving us over and over and over again. God's kind of love, loving through us, love is the action of patient, costly service to others. Love is patient and love is kind. See, whereas patience is love self-restrained, kindness is love expressed. Patience is love that's restrained from getting angry or upset. And kindness is love expressed. You know, we can talk about love and 
and have kindness for everybody else. And then sometimes we're, we're unkind to the people we love the most. Sometimes I can spend all of my energy in caring relationships and then just be a jerk to my wife. And that's, that's not biblical love. It's about the expression of love. The story's told about a couple who'd been married a long, long time, riding together on a long road in the car in silence, and uh, she finally said to him, why is it that in all these years of marriage you've never told me you love me? And he thought for a moment, and he said, I told you once, if I ever change my mind, I'll let you know. <laughs> love needs to be expressed. And that's the problem in some relationships, that there, there is... There are deeds of love, but there's not the expression of love. There's not that expression of kindness. And just as patience is restraint, so kindness is expression. So much for the love is, love is not envious or boastful or arrogant or rude. Puffed up is the word for arrogant. And again, I remind you, Paul knew the Corinthians. They were pretty full of themselves. Not, love is not arrogant. It's not rude. And rude is actually kind of a toned-down, watered-down word. I'm not crazy about that translation in the New RSV because the word in the New Testament language is a word for shameful or disgusting or ugly. Love, love is not those things. Love does not insist on its own way. You know, we are by nature selfish. We are by nature looking out for our own interests and winning the argument and being the one who is right. And because our bent is toward selfishness, how much we need the grace and the love of Jesus Christ in us and through us to correct that and to continually work on that selfishness. M. Scott Peck uh, and several mental health care professionals have pointed out that one of the most unfortunate phrases to make it into our culture's lexicon, one of the most unfortunate phrases is the phrase, falling in love. Because the implication of that phrase is that love is effortless. That love requires no effort. It's effortless. Like falling into a vat of chocolate and you just come up slurping. Man, this is good. That's what, that's what Hollywood and books market love as being. Biblical love requires effort, work, doing that which does not come naturally. Love does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. Again, the word resentful sort of loses some punch in the translation. I like NIV better. Love keeps no record of wrongs. The, the word that's used there is a word for a, a ledger book, a log that's kept. You did me wrong. I'm going to write down the date and the time, and I'm going to never forget it. And like the one man said one time in a church argument, I don't remember what it was you did to me, but I swear I'll never forget it. <laughs> and that love does not keep that ledger book does not hang on to those things and let them boil and build and, and, and use them against people. Many years ago, I was hurt by someone. 
uh, and and I, I sort of I sort of was hanging on to it, and I thought I was past it, and and I felt I had been slighted, and I, I thought I was done with it, and then many years later I had another encounter with this person, and I was all braced for it. I was prepared for the worst. I started thinking the worst, and I think in my mind, I started actually in self-pity building up all the scenario of the way this person was going to wound me again. And to my absolute surprise, the experience was cordial, it was full of grace, it was full of generosity, Uh, it was not what I expected, there was uh, every effort to be Christ-like and hospitable. And it just took all the wind out of my sails because I was prepared to be angry. And I want to share with you what I wrote in my journal that I keep, what I wrote after that experience. A reminder that people are not frozen in time. People are not fixed in my worst perception of them. They are more than their past choices. I need to move on and not expect the worst from people. Does that ring any bells with you? How we get ourselves braced for the worst? We get ourselves pumped and primed for the negative experience? And yet, Paul says... Love does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices in truth. And love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things, and love never ends. Now, love is what we do to people who irritate us or slight us. Love is what we do to people who who inflict those minor little aches and pains. But love is also what we do to people who have sought to destroy us or someone we love. Love is what we do when we would rather exact revenge and really, really hurt somebody else. Many of you are acquainted with the book The Hiding Place, Corey Ten Boom. She and her family lived in the Netherlands, then called Holland, during World War II. They were Christians. They hid Jews who were being hounded and sought out by the Nazis to take off to death camps. And they were eventually discovered. Their home was, uh, was searched. And Corrie ten Boom and her father and her sister Betsy were hauled off to concentration camp. Her father and her sister Betsy did not survive. Somehow, Corey miraculously did survive. And after the war, she was speaking in a church in Munich, Germany. And after the service, a man walked up to her who had been an SS guard and who had inflicted brutalities on Corey and her sister. Corey immediately recognized him as the man who had stood in the doorway of the showers, mocking the women in the showers and brutalizing people. 
Corey testified that when she first saw that man, she absolutely froze. He smiled at her and he said, I'm so glad that my sins are washed away. And all she could think about was the revenge she would like to inflict. He reached out his hand to shake hers. And she said her own hand and arm were frozen in place. She felt this anger and this rage boiling up inside of her, and she couldn't move. She breathed the prayer, God help me, God help me forgive this person. And she said she felt nothing. She prayed, Lord, I know Jesus died for this man's sins too. Help me. And she said she felt absolutely nothing. He stood there with that Cheshire smile on his face. Finally, she said she changed her prayer and she breathed another one that said, I, Jesus, I can't forgive this man. Would you give me your forgiveness? She reached out her hand and she said the moment their hands touched, she felt something like an electrical current going from her hand up to her shoulder and her heart And she said it felt as if her heart was overflowing with love and forgiveness for this man. There was was something there that could only come from Jesus. And she says in her book, I learned that day that when God gives us the command to love, God also gives the love itself. He doesn't just give the command. He gives the love. Love believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. God's kind of love. The secret energy source. Let's pray together. As we bow for prayer, we invite those of you who have not yet trusted Jesus Christ as personal Lord and Savior. You would like that love source to enter your life, to forgive your sins, to give you a promise of a relationship with God that not even death can end. If you would like to know that peace and that journey with a Savior who loves you eternally, but you've never yet given your life to Christ, This morning we invite you to just breathe that prayer and to say, God, I have sinned. Jesus, forgive me. I turn from that. I turn to you and by faith receive you into my life. During our response time, we'll be here to pray with those who are for the first time praying to invite Christ into their lives. We're also here at the altar. If there are Christians who want to come and pray about a particular matter or someone wanting to unite with this church or just to, to come and use the altar to talk to the Lord about some relationship issues. Lord, we love you. Seal our hearts with your Holy Spirit's power and energy, we pray. Through Christ our Lord, amen.